All right. So today, we're going to continue. We're almost done with the book of 2 Samuel, so we can go to the book of 1 Kings. But today, if you turn your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 20, 2 Samuel chapter 20, and today's title is Rebellious. Who? Me? <laughs> no way. <laughs> I like that picture. Have you ever put that picture behind those rebellious words? <laughs> oh, boy. Aren't you glad you came to church tonight? My uh, pastor Strickland, uh, my first pastor, used to say, used to say about Wednesday night, used to say, "Thank you for coming to church tonight. You're my support group." <laughs> A couple of times, you would pick up the Providence Journal and read those those articles, and and you would got all pumped up, all, all uh, uh, rad because of the news. He had nonsense, nonsense. He would. <laughs> oh, I don't read the Providence Journal. I, is such thing really exists? <laughs> still exists. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Chapter 20. Let's look here at a couple of things here, a couple of, of uh, verses, and we will uh, look at this passage of Scripture here. And it said that, And there, and there happened to be the man of Belial, uh, whose name was Sheba, the son of Bechari, the uh, Benjamite, and he blew a trumpet and said, We have no part in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to this ten, to his tents, O Israel. Two things I want you to look in here before we go to the next verse. He says, The son of Jesse, that's he's really throwing them down. And he said, Pardon David, he's the king. Okay, so let's look at verse 2. So every man, uh, so every man of Israel went up from, uh, from, uh, from after David and followed Sheba, the son of Bashari. But the man of Judah cleave unto the king from Jordan even to Jerusalem. And David came to his house at Jerusalem, and the king took the ten, ten, as, uh, ten women as concubines whom he had left to keep the house and put them in ward and fed them, but went not uh, in unto them, so they were shut up unto the day of their death living, uh, living in uh, widowhood. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this few verses that we just read. Lord, and just pray, Father, as much we can read in this passage, and we're going to try to dissect, give justice to this passage. And Father, Lord, uh, let's learn together this. I want to learn too, Father. But Lord, rebellious, who, me? Lord, many times, all of us are rebellious against you, and forgive us of that. I pray, Father, Lord, if there's someone here tonight or someone, Lord, on social media that never received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, may they come call upon you tonight for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to remind you that uh, we have our Facebook page, of course, that we uh, stream live, but also we have uh, a sermon audio. Uh, and is a totally, uh, sometimes we don't talk much about it, but we do. I think, Eric, you told me there are more, more audio uh, uh, people yeah, that listen audio, more audio than, than video. Yeah. Either way, it's wonderful to know that, to know that. And, of course, so we upload it to YouTube. The reason I'm saying this is that anybody asks you, because this week somebody asked me, what can, where can I watch, watch your services? And I said, well, I'd give them all those three. So if somebody asks you that, just you can tell them we are on YouTube, we are on uh, Facebook, uh, and as well on Sermon Audio. So just those three. Just want to remind you of that. 
I'm sorry? You can go on the website and click, right? Okay. Is if you go on the uh, website, you can click those buttons and direct you to, okay. So did you have uh, been accused of acting like a rebel? Did you? <laughs> Brother Rosario, yes. I've been accused of acting like a rebel. Oh, my mom used to accuse me of that when I was a kid. Stop being a rebel. Mom, I'm not a rebel. Yes, you're a rebel. You drive me crazy. <laughs> I tell you, folks, I'm going to confess tonight to you that, uh, that I really drove my mother crazy. And I used to play around with her and uh, like I was too smart for her, I guess. And she used to tell me that. And, of course, I got my uh, dose of punishment in those days for being a rebel. Uh, one of the most uh, vivid things I remember, my mother, I think I shared this with you before, but my mother, she used to love to decorate her dining room table with tangerines and oranges and, and, and uh, uh, pears, and she used to put it there, and she used to pile them up so nicely, and uh, as rebel as I was, I always dismantled the whole thing, you know, put everything all over the table, and uh, my, it was like my mother and I and uh, running around the table and my mother. She I used to stop and she said, I'm going to tell your father. Ooh. <laughs> that was the end of the running. <laughs> but uh, sometimes it would take a little while before uh, she would do that. But I used to do that to my mother often, <laughs> often. And he's, as of today uh, and here, uh, she doesn't have as much of that, but she's still having a kitchen table. She still have a whole plate. I don't know why she does that, but she always remembers my mother doing that. She had a whole plate full of fake fruits, like grapes and pears, and, and I, I, I just see a reaction when I go and pick one up and put them back. I don't take everything out. I just pick it up. The other day I was there, <laughs> did that, and she went from, from uh, being sad to smile, then put it back. <laughs> put it back. <laughs> But anyway, I felt like I, I, loved, I really loved the reaction. Uh, so anyway, have you been accused of being a rabble? Of course. Well, the ladies never. They're all sweet. Ladies are sweet when they're growing up. <laughs> Boys are all rabbles. Right, Brother Tom? Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Did you, did, you, uh, did, did you in your life been a rabble? I think it is a good question to start a message. I really think it's a good question. Now, when a person lives like a rebel and acts like a rebel, in, uh, is there any consequences for that person along the way? Is there consequences for rebels? Of course there are consequences for rebels. We see it all the time. Uh, there's a lot of rebels in our world today, and the consequences come. It might not come right away, but they do come. So that's... Uh, I can't see. I got to put my eyes on. I'm sorry. I can't even see what I'm. So that's what this message is about tonight: rebellious, rebellious, and consequences. So we celebrate. We celebrate some rebels as heroes. So they are rebels who are heroes on which we celebrate. You know that? I'm going to give you some names. For example, George Washington and his army fought the American Revolution to rebel against the tyranny of the British, uh, the British king George, uh, named George III. For an example, the good guys in the movie Star Wars, listen to this, the good guys, Caitlin, in the movie Star Wars, right, were known to be to known as the Rebel Alliance, right? 
the good guys. <laughs> and everyone cheered the, uh, them to, and, and to defeat the evil uh, empire, right? They say uh, they're going against the, the, the rebels or the, the, the rebellion. The rebellion, that's what they call. So the, the good guys are the rebellion ones. <laughs> the bad guys are the heroes there. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so the evil empire. So books and films paint rebels as heroes. Uh, uh, misfits who are always in trouble at school, always in trouble with the law, standing alone, living life in their own terms, answering to nobody else, a law, a law unto themselves. So there are people out there uh, on which we celebrate their rebel. They, you know, yeah. a rebel. <laughs> I leave that. I leave that up to you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I see like the Marvel heroes, right? Everybody likes to watch the Marvel heroes. Those of you who watch it, they're all a bunch of rebels too, you know? Uh, they, we, we like them. So uh, uh, that sounds pretty inspired, but there's a problem when you start translating rebellious into, into real life. Teachers, for example, and principals tend to, uh, tend to, uh, to frown upon students and disrupt class by disobeying the rules. Parents don't see that that rebellious son and daughter as a, re a hero. They don't see that. So the criminal who refuses to obey the law doesn't get a word for his brave rejection of society's law. So the the hard-headed, hard-hearted man or woman, too stubborn to listen to those who who love them, are an even easy to live to, to to live with. So the Bible says that that one of our big problems in all of us have a, we, we have a rebel heart and it can show itself at any time it can so we have we live in a world full of rebels let me put it this way before you got saved you think that you were a rebel against god oh yeah of course i think i was how many times I resist God? How many times I, I, I mean, many times I personally, this is my own testimony. I personally, I made mockery of Christians. I'm not proud of it, to be honest with you, but I did. Not one time, more than once. But I didn't realize what happened was the Lord was working in my heart through all these people. But those people stood firm for what they believed. But I tell you what, I did. I was a rabble against God. Is the Lord trying to come to me and reach out to me, and there's me rebelling against Him. Actually, go to Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. Let's read a couple of verses there, and uh, let's see what it says. Are we, we were rebels against God uh, before we got saved. I know some of you might got saved at early age, and uh, some of us got saved at older age. Much different, uh, you know, but we still rebels against God anyway. So look what it says in Romans chapter 3, verse 10. Keep your finger there in our chapter tonight. It says, as it is written, there is none righteousness, no, not one. There is none that understand it. There is none that, look at, look at this, that seek it after God. They are all, all gone out of the way. They all together become unprofitable. There is none that do it good, no, not one. It's interesting what it says right here. And look there in, uh, 
look, I mean, verse 13. Uh, their throat is an open sepulcher, and their tongues, they have used deceit. Their poison as asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery, misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they, they, I'm sorry, have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So that's the heart of a rabble. You say, oh, goodness, I was, was I like that? Well, pretty much the Bible describes us the way we used to be. But that, let me tell you, folks, there's a lot of people out there like that, rebelling in against God. So you and I need to, to be regularly reminded of the dangers of a rebellious heart. Can a Christian rebel? Yes. Can we go in the ways of the world? doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation. Don't misunderstand me here. But can we go in the ways of this world and rebel against God and, and make a mess out of our lives? Yeah, we can. So tonight I want, you to, I want to talk about what's wrong with being this kind of rebel. Let's look at, the, at rebellious. Who, me? From several points tonight. I, I actually, to be honest with you, when I titled this message, I was thinking about me. I said, rebellious. Who, me? <laughs> I put my finger, my finger my own self. Because, you know what, I was a rebellious before I got saved. So, uh, who was I here? Number one, let's look. Uh, rebels reject uh, legitimate authority. They, re they, they reject authority. When I first became a father, I was the most joyful, it was the most joyful experience in this world. It was. What an awesome experience to be a father. Brother Tom, you agree with that? What an awesome experience to be a father. I was so happy to see and to, uh, and to be around that little bundle of joy. Uh, Mighty growing up. <laughs> He's taller than me. So I was so happy to hold him in my arms and to watch part of, my, of me growing up. But as time went up, when, went on, I realized that there was something that I needed to pay attention to. I found out that my son had a self-will. Different than mine, contrary than mine. When I told him to do something, he wouldn't do. And he would look at me with those eyes like, try me, you know, see if you can, uh, you can make me do. You know, and as we're talking about those two years old uh, age, what you know, they do all kinds of things. But, you know, it's, it's, it is the will, you know, a, 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 we have a will to rebel, if we, uh, so to speak. And we, I saw that in my own little bundle of joy. On which is a self-will. So what happened there, my friends? Happened this. Who's going to win the battle? The father or the son? <laughs> because that's what comes down to. It's a battle of the wills. I mean, I'm talking about every parent here. You know what I'm talking about. You have the little kids, and the little kids comes to a point they're going to try you. And they're going to try to see how much they can get out of you. You know what? It becomes a battle of the wills. And you know what? I was determined, like, oh, little buddy, you're not going to win this one. I'm going to win. But you know what? It was not something that was done today and that's it. It was a continuous thing. Continuous thing. And it was like a wild horse. You know, they have a self-will, so to speak. So, you see, there was no middle ground there. There was the, the victory was going to either be his or mine. But we see, we see the, the, the rebellious or a rebel heart even in the little child. And let me put it this way, uh, it, is, it is hard to, uh, to raise kids, of course it is. 
uh, especially when we, uh, we understand that they have a self-will there. So look at, look, let's look at letter A. We see rebellious, reje rebellious rejects authority. We see this, in look at verse 1 of our text. And there happened to be their man of Belial, whose, whose name was Sheba. So this man is not a godly man. And he is, look what he said in the middle of the verse. And he blew a trumpet and said, We have no part in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse, every man to his tent, O Israel. So this is the attitude we see in the, in the character of this man named Sheba. So verse 1 really belongs with the, the, the previous chapter, which records David's, David's welcome back to Israel as king. David is, is the rightful king to Israel, not just because everybody likes him, but because God, God, chose him to be the king of Israel. God is the one who put him there. So, but Sheba rejects David's authority, and at the same time, rejects God's authority. Because here's what happens here. Who put David in, in, in a position of king? God did. So this man goes against David. He's going against God himself. Because God is the one who put him there. One reason may, may, uh, uh, may be because Sheba is from the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, uh, the, the, of course, in, uh, the previous king was from the tribe of Benjamin. And we see there was because maybe he didn't like David because what happened to Saul. We don't know. But let me tell you this. He, right here, what he does, he rebels against the king. And he tries to get as many people as he can to go right after him, uh, to, go, to join him. We know what happened with Absalom before that. Now we have another one coming here about uh, rebellion against uh, the, the king. So he, uh, he might just be... Uh, uh, be tired, I'm sorry, uh, of all the fussing and fighting over kings that's gone in all those years. And there, and there. But Sheba tried to start a rebellion here. But one thing is clear. This rebel had no respect for authority. He had no respect. The king is returning home. And literally, the way he describes here, let's go look at verse 1. Look what he says. He says, um, he blew the trumpet, first thing he did. But he says, we have no part... In David, not King David, David, or our King David, David. And he says, the son of Jesse. Isn't that what Saul used to call uh, uh, David when he was angry at David? You see the disrespect that goes on in here? He, was, he literally, outright with his mouth, disrespects authority. And from his words, we can see the rebellious of his heart. He was ready to start something against David. He has a rebellious heart right here. He is a rebel at his core right here. So, so this is something all rebels share in, common, in a common rejection of authority. They say, nobody tells me what to do. That's a rebel heart. There are kids out there and people out there say, nobody going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I feel bad for parents that have kids like that. They literally tell their parents, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I know a few families like that. It's sad to see that. It's hard. And it, it breaks the heart of parents. And they even go, those, I mean, even adults, they say, they say, I heard this, who needs a boss in the workplace? I'm my own boss. If you work in the workplace, you're going to hear people that say those things. Who needs parents? I don't need my parents. Who needs God? I'm my own God. This comes from a heart, or a rebel heart, a heart that doesn't care about authority. 
So we see this guy right here, what he starts right here. So, number letter B, I'm sorry, letter B, we see rebellious are hurtful. Rebellious are hurtful. Look what it says there in verse 2. For, for every man of Israel went up from after David and followed Sheba. You see that? You see what this man started? He disrespects King David the way he calls him. He calls Israel to go, everybody to his tents, to his homes. And look at verse 2. It says, And every man of Israel went up from after David and followed Sheba, the son of Bishri. But the men of Judah cleave unto the king from Jordan even to Jerusalem. So we see again another division in the nation of Israel. The king is there. We have a rebel amongst the nation. Now, let's talk a little bit about teenagers. Usually, rebellious teenagers say, why should I do what my parents tell me? If you are a Christian teenager, go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. I'm not going to say I'm going to let the Lord speak to you, and I want you to hear what the Lord has to say. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is what? Right. This is right. What about when I'm old or when I'm an adult? You honor your parents. They are your parents. You might, might not even agree with them, but still you honor your parents. I don't agree with everything my mother does, but I do honor my mother. She is my mother. Why should I do what my teacher or the law demands? Logar says in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, Let every soul be subject to the govern to gov governing authorities, for there is none authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So, when you see a cop in the streets and you talk to him, don't say cop, say officer. You say, officer. You know why? Because you're actually showing him respect. Oh, but I don't like him. Uh, that's not the point. The point is we're talking to someone with a respectful way, not a rebellious way. I'm still looking at an older person and say, ma'am and sir. Why? It's a sign of respect. Some ladies are like, oh, don't call me ma'am. I look, oh, you make me feel old. It's not that. It's respect. I still call my, with my mom, if my mother calls my dad with the same thing, if she says something on my own, I say, yes, ma'am. I say Portuguese because she doesn't speak English. But I, say, I still say that, and my mother accepts that. That's the way I was brought up. We should say those things. You know what? It's a sign of respect for those in authority. doesn't mean that, listen, it doesn't mean that you agree with everything they do. It means that you respect their position. We live in a day and age in our world today that there's no respect for anybody and no respect for authority and for the law.
There are exceptions to the rules here, folks, maybe, but most of us don't deal with the exception. Most of us uh, live life under the normal circumstances addressed by the rule. And the rule is this. When you reject a legitimate authority in your life, you are rejecting the authority of God. God, listen, God is the one who created authority and government. He's the one who did so. For, for an example, let's talk about our president, all right? I might not agree with his policies, believe me. But if he passes by me and I greet him, I would say, Mr. President, how are you? Or whatever. Because you know what? I'm respecting his office. I'm respecting the position that he carries. Doesn't mean that I, I agree with his policies. You follow that? And you know what? Because I have to understand. See, if I respect him, God put him there. I know some, some people might not agree with me, but I, I feel very strong about it. So, so if we don't respect authorities, we are being rebels. And surely she, uh, Sheba here rebel against God because he rebel against whom? David, the king. So what? If I decide to live my life as a rebel, I'm only hurting myself, right? Not really. You see, this passage also teaches us that that your rebellious can be the cause of much hurt in other people. You can hurt your parents, you can hurt your siblings, you can hurt your friends, you can hurt your church family. Usually a rebellious heart says, my prerogative, I do what I want to do. But they never think about the trail of pain that they leave behind and the broken hearts that they step on. Rebellious heart don't think of those things, but they do hurt people. Talk about a mama or dad who, who their kids rebel against authorities and, and they're out there and they're, they're making a mess out of their lives. You ask them if they're, if they're okay with it. No, they're crying out. Their hearts are broken. So number one, we see rebel rejects legitimate authority. Number two, rebels always hurt other people. Several years uh, uh, back, in my teenage years, uh, you, I mean, by the way, did you believe that rebels hurt other people? Of course. of course they do. Of course they do. I remember, and this, this pops in my mind, uh, I remember this. My, my father, you didn't never met my dad, my, my wife did, but my, but my father was a quiet man. He was not a man of much talking. Uh, but he told me, I mean, when I was actually here in America, uh, I was going out with this friend and that friend, and he, he, he called me aside and he talked to me and said, he said, son, I should this here before. I think it's appropriate for what we're talking about. He said, he said to me, he said, uh, I, need to, I need to talk to you. And, and I didn't know what he was going to say, but he talked to me and he said, listen, I want you to, 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 to listen to what I'm going to say and in, in, in promise me you're going to do that. And I said, I, I look at him and say, he goes, All right, so wherever you go, I, don't, I can't go where you're going, but whatever you go, respect my name. Wow, that was like, I didn't expect that. And I look at my dad and said, Dad, I will. I was young, 19 years old. I was young. And I've done things probably my dad was not very proud of after that. But let me tell you, Dad, I never forgot that, that conversation. Respect my name. I tell you, my dad is in heaven for almost 12 years. I still respect his name. I think about that. So, 
Several years back in my teenage years, actually I was 19 when this happened, a young man I used to hang with many times and uh, let me see if that's the one. Yes, so my friend, I was probably one of the first friends I made uh, when I came here to America and uh, we, we got to be friends. He was a little different than me. But anyway, we got to be friends and we used to go, I didn't drive, I didn't have a car, so he did, so we go in there. And it was about almost one year later in that, in that friendship, and his father, he was doing some, he had like a, some type of a job that he was, he was fixing um, uh, coffee machines, like restaurant coffee machines, those who make espresso coffee machines. So this company where they used to go there, they used to, to clean the machines and bring the coffee for those guys uh, because the, the company, those restaurants used to rent those machines. But anyway, to make the story short, uh, his father bought him a brand new Toyota van for his work. When I first heard of that, I thought it was a mistake. But who am I? I was young, like he was. And I was like, taking back, your father bought you this car? Yes. Well, my, my thing was, because I knew how it was, my friend loved alcohol and he drink quite a bit well and it didn't, it didn't take long I was not there that night I was not there but the other young man or another person that was with him told me the story he was drunk he was driving and he was dr when he was drunk he was stubborn nobody could drive his car so he was driving and the other guy was sitting in the car he said he said, he looks at me, and he said, as we're approaching a red light, he says, do you want to see Rambo? And the young man looked at him and said, what do you mean, Rambo? What are you talking about? And he says, as he, he said that, he accelerated and right, right through the red light, hit three cars, and kept on going. Put the car in his driveway, went home. People went to the hospital. Nobody died, but caused a lot of damage. People got hurt. I thought it was like, well, when you are a rebel, you can hurt people. You know, he, he, had, he didn't need to do that. He didn't need to show himself to go past a red light and know the consequences of what could happen. But he did that. He did that. So he, he, with this rebel attitude, he hurt other people. So, letter A, rebels are self-centered. We see this in verse 3. So look what it says there. And David came to his house at Jerusalem, and the king told, uh, uh, took the ten women, his concubines, whom he had left to keep the house, and put them in word and fed them, but went not unto them. So they were shut up from the day of their death, living in widowhood. So this fellow illustrates another important question of rebellious. Who, me? Answer, the answer is yes. A rebellious heart can be the cause of, all, of, other people, of other people getting hurt. And we see this here in verse 3. What happened here? David leaves in exile, leaves these women behind. They're totally innocent of the situation, and somebody goes and hurts them. Who does that? His own son. A rebel as well. Goes and hurts them purposely to get even to his father. It's unthinkable even to think that people can do those things, but they do. 
People who are rebel at heart, right, they, are, they, they don't think that way, but, but are rebellious can hurt other people. So let it be. Rebels are capable of evil doing. We see this uh, from verse 4 all the way to verse 14. Look what it says in verse 4. Then said king to Amasa, uh, uh, Assemble me the men of Judah with, uh, with, uh, within three days, and be thou here present. And Amasa went to assemble the men of Judah, but he tarried longer than, he set to, than the set time which he had appointed. And David said unto Abishai, Now shall Sheba the son of, of Basharite, uh, to us more harm than did Absalom. Take uh, thou thy Lord's servant and pursue after him, lest he get him fenced cities and escape us. And they went uh, after him Joab's men, the Cheritites uh, and the Philatites, and all the men uh, and the mighty men, and they went out of Jerusalem to pursue after Sheba, the, the son of uh, Besherai. So when they were we're at the great stone, uh, which is in Gi uh, Gi uh, Gibeon, I'm sorry, Amasa went before them, and Joab's garments that he had put uh, on, a, uh, on was girl uh, upon him, and upon it girled with a sword fastened upon his loins, and he uh, shed therefore, as he went forth, he felt out. And jo uh, Joab said unto Amasa, Art thou in health, in health, my brother? And Joab took Amasa by the beard, with the right hand to kiss him. But Amasa took no heed to the sword that was in Joab's hand, and he smote him therein in the fifth rib, and shed out his bowels to the ground, and struck him now again, uh, not again, and he died. So it's an interesting passage right here. We see Joab. Why in the world Joab kills this man? They were after somebody else. This guy tarries behind a little bit, and he goes after him, and he kills him. So then David gives orders to Amasa, to, of course, to go after Sheba, and he tarries a little bit. Joab gets in here. Why Joab kills this guy? Maybe because uh, King David gave him a position and he was a little jealous? You should give that position to me because I am your biggest general. We don't know. But he did that in here. Why did he do that? Why did he kill this man who has not only as relative as his relative, but uh, but on uh, the same side of the, of the war? They were on the same side. Was Joab jealous? Like I said, was he suspicious of a massa? The Bible doesn't explain this, but Joab certainly proves himself a rabble here. He was a man faithful to for to David for a long time, but right here, why did he do that? See, rabble, rebellious, resides in our heart, and it can can come out at any given time. It can come. So the Bible, like I said, the Bible doesn't explain so, uh, uh, here. So he, he, he's merciless in here, leaving this poor man in, the, in his own blood, not even giving him a decent burial right here. Follow me, he shouts to David's army, and leaves the master to die like a, a wounded animal. That's what he does. So rebels always hurt others. How do I know? Talk to parents. Ask him if a rebel's son or a daughter doesn't hurt them. I know of a pastor and his wife, they had nine kids, but one of them was a rebel. One of them was a girl, and she was a rebel. And so much of a rebel, uh, mom and dad, they, they, was, uh, they all went through a lot with this young lady. 
And interesting, because he, he, all the other ones were good kids, except this one was a rebel. So much a rebel that, that she called DCYF on mom and dad, make accusations towards them. And, of course, mom and dad went through a lot with that. And finally, uh, even they went to court with that young lady. And the father finally stood up and, and asked the judge if he could, could say something. And the judge said, um, yes, sir, you can say something. And he said, and he began to go all the things that the daughter had done for that family. And he explained over and over and over again. And in the end, he said, she's 18 years old now. She can go if she wants to. But we'll continue to pray for her because she's our daughter. But she wants to go, she can go. But if she wants to come home, we have a home for her. But not the way she lives. The way she's doing that, you guys can take care of her. Something hit that girl that moment. She got out of her seat. She went to her dad and said, Dad, I want to come home. And I promise you I'll never, never do that again. I don't know if it was all the stuff that this man said right there that touched the heart of that girl. Whatever it was, it is wonderful when a kid comes to the end of himself or whoever is rebellious and acknowledge that. And this pastor said, my daughter changed. I don't know what changed her, but she did change. But we cannot say the same thing about other parents. Do their kids rebel? Not because we taught them wrong. Maybe they have the wrong friends. They're whatever they do. And they rebel against their parents. And you know what? They think many times they're not hurting anyone. But they are. The prodigal son. When that son went away and that father stood at the door, was that father hurting? Oh, yeah. Why he was at the door? Why was he looking down the street? Why he went and kissed and hugged and embraced that son? Because he was hurting. Sometimes we think in our rebel hearts that it's my prerogative. I do what I want to do. We don't understand we hurt people around us. Those who love us the most, they hurt. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 2. I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people, which walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. Even God hurts when we rebel against Him. How does you, your rebellious, rebellion hurt? You may say, I really never realized how I'm hurting the people I love. I never stop to think about who else is suffering for my rebellious. Folks, usually rebel hearts don't think about others but themselves. For some reason, they justify their own rebellious and never think how much that they hurt other people in the process. Now is the time to think about it, isn't it? When we rebel against, against what, is, what is right, 
against God, you are not only hurting yourself, you are hurting everyone else. So rebellions produce ripples, of, so to speak, of pain that affects everyone around you in some way. So let's say, number one, rebels uh, uh, reject legitimate authority. Rebels always hurt other people. And number three, rebels are on the road to destruction. We saw this from verse 14 to verse 26. Listen to this rule, which goes something like this. We don't punish our kids for mistakes or accidents. I hope you don't. But for willful disobedience. Follow that? If a parent punish their kids for a mistake that they made, they're wrong. Or for an accident that they caused. So they're at the table and they spill the drink. That's an accident. If they literally boom, put the drink upside down, that's a different story. But you know, if they put or tip the drink with the, with the hand or something like that, that's an accident. So we, don't, we, we, we try to correct, we try to help. We say, oh, it's okay. But you know what? But for willful disobedience, like lying, stealing, uh, 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 talking, I mean, even you mean, being mean, all kinds of stuff, those kind of evil stuff, willful disobedience, yes. So I don't think that none of us here want our kids to grow up thinking they can't just rebel against God and against authority and get away with it because they can get away with it. Flashback a, right here to this rebel Sheba who has, who has made it all the way to the town of Abel, on the outskirts of Israel, a town known for wisdom is hiding this rebellious fool right there. So let me put it this way. You believe that a person that is, is a rebel, you believe that a person is destroying himself? I believe so. Especially if they continue going on that road. Here's a father and mother. Don't get into alcohol. Don't drink those things. Don't get into drugs. And they go right on that road. What do you think they're doing? They're destroying themselves. So this guy right here, Sheba, he, he tries to start a, a, a rebellion against the king. Now he runs for his life. He has, he has, he has the, the, the armies of, of, of David going after him. Joab is going after him here. And what happened here? He goes to this town right here. And let me see the name of the town. Um, uh, what's the right here? I saw the name. Is, I, I will come back again. <laughs> so anyway, I'm sorry? I can't hear you. Abel. Oh, Abel, okay. Oh, there it is. Town of Abel. That's right. Thank you. Now you said that. My eyes just caught that. So, but anyway, a town known for wisdom is hiding this rebellious fool. So Joab may be uh, hoping to get back at David's good grace by here by crushing this rebellious, uh, uh, gear up for the attack through the citizens of Abel. And look, look what happens here. Letter A, we see the counseling of the wise. From verse 26 to verse 21, uh, 16 to verse 21, we see the counseling of the wise right here. It's always good when we walk around with a rebellious heart to listen to those who are wise. I think it is a good thing to do, isn't it? Look what it says. Then cry a wise woman out of the city. Hear, hear, say, I pray you unto Joab, come near hither that I may speak with thee. And whence he, he, he has come near unto her, the woman said, Art thou Joab? And he answered, I am he. Then she said unto him, Hear the words of, of thine handmaid. And he answered, I do hear. Then she spake, saying, They will want to speak an old time, saying, They shall surely ask counsel of Abel. And so they ended, and, uh, ended the matter. I am one of them. They are 
peace, uh, 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 peaceable and faithful in Israel. Thou seekest to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Uh, why will thou uh, uh, swallow up the, the inheritance of the Lord? And Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. The matter is not so, but a woman of, of Mount, but a man of Mount Ephraim, she by the name of Bashurai, or by name, had lifted up his hand against the king, even against David, deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. Look what the woman said. And the woman said unto Joab, Behold, his head shall be thrown to thee over the wall. Oh, that's, that's something right here. But let me tell you this. This is a wise woman. Joab is about to go and swallow this whole city because a rabble is in the city. And in his mind, he assumes that they're protecting the rabble. But this woman, this old woman, come and say, Hey, let me talk to you. Come here. I want to talk to you. We hear the conversation here. And she asked, why do you want to kill us? Why do you want to destroy a mother in Israel? Why do you want to do that? He said, I don't want to do that. I just want this rabble. And she said, we'll take care of that. We send the head over the wall. So have, that's exactly what happened. You see what happens to rebels? You say, I can do what I want to do. I don't care about authorities. I don't care about police. I don't care about anything. I do what I want to do. I am my own law. And guess what? When a trespass, the law what happens. They're going to face the law. They get arrested. They get put in jail, many of them. They make a mess out of their lives. This guy right here, he thought he was going to hide himself in the city, and he's going to cause Joab to just to go and destroy the city, and somehow he was going to walk away. Somebody was wiser, an older woman. An older woman. You know what? We need to listen to those who are wise, especially when we have this rebellious attitude in our hearts and mind. I tell you what, we need to listen to those who are speaking words of wisdom so we can turn back around. This woman talked to Joab, he listened, and she did exactly what she said she was going to do. Let it be, we say, the fall of a rabble. What about this other Joab? Remember, Joab killed this man for no reason. What happened to Joab? Joab might have been a good general at one time, but why did he do what he did? It seems to get, it seems to get away with rebellion. Let me tell you, this Joab seemed to get away with rebellion. There are people out there that they think that I do what I want to do. I never got caught. I got away with this. And they think they do, and they're convinced of that. And some of them, guess what? They go years and years and years and never get caught. But let me tell you, there is one that is watching. It is God Almighty. And if you don't get caught here in this world, He's waiting for you on the other side. You need to listen. We can't get away with it. We, we will pay for what we do. Let me tell you this. The fall of a rebel right here. So if you, if you read, for sake of time, we're not going to read it. But in, second, in First Kings chapter 2, verse 28 to 35, we see what happened to Joab's rebellious Israel. Uh, rebellion catches up with Joab. This is one of the biggest answers to the question, what's wrong with being a rebel? Because it's not very smart. That's the answer. You never really get away with it. Rebels are on the road to destruction. You don't have to do what your parents or teachers or your coaches telling you to do. Uh, uh, you just want to walk to impress your friends or your peers because they act in the same way. But let me tell you, eventually... 
our rebellious heart catches up with us. So for the grown-ups, when you get tired of, the, of that boss ordering you around at work, you can tell him that you're going to clock and go home. And guess what? When you get out of the work, you don't have a job anymore. Now you need to go find another one. <laughs> That's what happens. I tell you this, you know why? Because that, I saw a, a man in my family that did this. He comes home and he said, I did, I quit. I said, why did you quit? You found another job? Oh, no, I can't stand that guy anymore. You just quit. Yeah, I'm going to find another job now. So oh, I wish you well. <laughs> why don't you go back and ask him for the job back? I tell you what, one time when I was working in an artifact corporation and I was a manager there, there was a, a young man there, very rebellious. And I, I was very patient with him. And uh, he did it one time, he did it a second time. I said to him, I said, listen, you do it one more time. Don't even come to work anymore. Just, just stay out there. I, I'm losing my patience. And uh, he promised me. And guess what? He did it again. So I said, okay, I'm done. So I, I went in the front office and said, well, you guys, just, we need to help with another person, this guy. And the next day, and next day, he comes in, and he comes, sits at my desk, and he, I, I come in, because I wasn't a me, I come, he's there, I said, what are you doing here? You lost your job. And he began to cry. He was tears coming down, crying. He's a grown man, crying. And I was like, well, you tried to break my heart, not so I can give you the job back. He goes, please, please give me another opportunity. I promise you, I learned my lesson. <laughs> I learned my lesson. I, I, I tried to go find another job, but I couldn't find it. So I said, I better go back him for another. I said, I said, listen, if you promise me that you don't rebel again, I'll give you another chance. Or you will become one of my best workers. <laughs> sometimes, you know, you learn the hard way. You know, sometimes you learn the hard way. My uncle Manny was like that. He comes home from work. He was living with my grandparents. And uh, I go there because I used to go visit my grandparents quite a bit, almost every day, because we live like a couple blocks away from them. And so I, I, I told my grandma, my, actually my grandmother told me, she said, oh, your uncle just lost his job. I said, he lost his job? What do you mean? So I said, uncle, you lost your job? No, I quit. <laughs> I said, why did you quit? I couldn't stand the guy anymore. I was like, oh. I said, you, you're going to find another job? Yeah, I am going to find another job. Folks, almost one year later, he still didn't have a job. I hope he learned his lesson, but I tell you what, the fall of a rabble right here. So when you get tired of the boss, like I said, ordering you around at work, you, you, can't, you can't tell him what you think and clock out. But you've got to make a living somehow or somewhere. You can only get caught breaking the law so many times before they take away your license and send you to jail if you, based on the speed that you do. You know, some people, you go, they go, huh, I... Every day, I, I speed every day. Every day, I do an 80, 90, 100, and I never get caught. Be careful, baby. It will come one day. It takes one day, one moment, and you get stopped. I'll give you a story. I have a lot of stories tonight. Uh, I, was, I, was in the, I, was, I was 19, yeah, 19 years old, very young. This guy who's working with me, his name was Norbert. That was his name. I didn't like what he did, and I told him every day after work, he would go buy one of those big beer and would open and drive all the way home. He lived in Bristol. We worked in Providence. And I said, you can't do that, drinking and driving. That's against the law. You can get arrested for that. I've been doing this for 24 years. 
I'm so used to it. I just go my own speed limit. I am fine. Nobody bothers me. The other guy next to us, we're working, the three of us, goes, all the men and wives said, it only takes one day. It happened one day. He was going home, got stopped. The police saw him with the open alcohol beverage, got arrested on the spot, lost his license for six months, went on probation, community service. I did all kinds of things. The worst thing was about that. Now he had to go to work, and his wife had to drive him to work. He said, he said to us, he said, that's the worst nightmare. I can do the community service. I can do everything, but I cannot listen to my wife preaching to me all the way to work, and when she comes back, all the way home. I, I said, well, that's what happened when you're a rebel. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's go back down the hill a little bit. Am I in the end? Oh, let us see. The cure for a rebellious heart. What's the cure for a rebellious heart? Let me put it this way before we get to that. Before, we see First John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right. You know, that's the cure for more all rebellious. Because I tell you what, all of us, all of us are capable of rebel. All of us are capable of rebel against God any given moment, against anyone. Because we are, our sinful nature is there, and our sinful nature wants what sinful nature wants. But anyway, how, what's the cure for a rebellious heart? Confess your sin before God, because rebellious is sin. Open your heart to the Lord, it, with honesty of heart, confess your sin to the Lord. Don't, don't generalize it, but specifically tell the Lord, Lord... I've been rebelling against you. This particular sin in my life, it's a rebellious against you, Lord. And ask forgiveness. I tell you what, God has done the most amazing thing when He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for not so good people such as myself. Not for obedient people such as myself, but for rebels like me. He came to pay the penalty of my sin. Of rebellious. So I conclude with this tonight. What's so wrong about being a rebel? Rebellious is an attitude of the heart, folks. An attitude that dishonors God, that hurts others, and puts you on the road to destruction. But Jesus Christ died to save you. So what do you do? Ask forgiveness. Ask forgiveness. That's what we need to do. See, some of these this people here in our passage right here, they pay, they pay a hard price for their, for their rebellious. But we don't have to live in rebellion. And if we do, if we are living in rebellion, we can ask the Lord to forgive us of our sin and don't go back there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. And Lord, rebel, rebellious, who, me? Oh, Lord, 